All right, everyone, welcome back to the Brand Banner podcast here with your hosts, Jack Carlson and Luke Pajinski. Um, we know it's been a while and it seems like forever, but we're excited to finally have a guest here. Uh, his name is Nolan Johnson. Uh, how's it going, Nolan? Hey, it's going great. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, really excited to have you on. Like I said, you were the first guest ever on the Brand Banner podcast, so <laughs> you'll always have that for when we blow up someday. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I put that on my resume. Exactly. So Nolan uh, works at a really cool company called Grocery TV, and so that was a big part of the reason why I wanted to reach out to him. Aside from being um, an advertising guy like us, uh, similar. It, uh, in age to us. So we're really excited to have him on here. Um, so without further ado, just going to jump right into it. So um, Luke and I are just going to go back and forth, really opening up uh, some questions to talk about Nolan and just get the conversation going. Um, so yeah, to get started, um, Nolan, if you could just really walk us through your advertising journey and really kind of just what piqued your interest in the field and then just a little bit more about yourself and uh, your overall experience. Yeah, sure. Um, I think my advertising journey starts when I was like four years old and used to watch way too much television. Uh, I remember I was an early riser, wake up before the rest of the family, turn on cartoons in the morning and my mom would be so frustrated because she's trying to sleep and I'm, you know, blasting cartoons. Um, but I, I always got a really big fascination with TV. I watched a lot of TV as a kid um in between you know sports and things like that but i think that's where my advertising journey really started is i got a really keen interest in um how media impacts people's lives and how it's captivating and you create something from nothing um i went to school actually to do broadcast journalism i wanted to be uh, a tv anchor and then realized that, that path just wasn't wasn't what i was looking for out of a career um, and, and really, you know, my mom actually told me, she's like, you know, you always mention how much you love advertising, you love ads. And my nickname was literally the walking commercial when I was a kid, because, uh, one time when I was in a pet smart with my mom, I, uh, saw, I was like eight years old probably. And saw a, uh, saw a parrot for sale for like $800 or something like that. And I turned to my mom and no joke said, mom, that is a ridiculous price for a parrot because you can get a box spring mattress and pillow set for less than that, you know, Slumberland or whatever our local, <laughs> local mattress firm was. And ever since that day, she literally called me the walking commercial. Uh, and, and that's like, that's where it really started, but went to college, um, studied advertising, really fell in love with it. Um, had an internship at an experiential agency right after school, which was doing really cool brand activations on college campuses and in retail stores across the country for some incredible brands. I mean, we're talking like Adidas, um, you know, Yeti was a, was a big one right when they were coming out and becoming popular, Red Bull, um, just like the coolest brands that you can imagine being a, you know, 21 year old, 22 year old yeah. kid working on um, and just, just fell in love with it even more and um, decided I wanted to, to move down to Austin and worked for a media company down here in the digital world um, and really liked that and worked actually on a uh, startup that our digital company had acquired, really fell in love with the startup scene and like, and starting a company from scratch and just so happened to come across the founders of, of grocery TV. And they were like, Hey, we need someone to come and and figure out how to sell this thing. And so I was hired on as the, as the first salesperson, uh, just trying to figure it out. Never been in sales, but I uh, love to talk to people, love to meet people and, and learn everyone's story. And, um, yeah, it's been that way ever since. And, and we're here, you know, been at grocery TV for about four years now. So it's been, a, awesome. it's been an awesome journey. It seems like you've had the perfect mix of sales and advertising, especially with knowing the prices of the mattresses and the parrots and everything. So you were really able to combine that uh, into your current role in a sense. Yeah. My mom like almost fell over in the middle of that store and, and immediately she got home and she was like, he's not watching that much TV again. Like we're, like we're limiting that time. You're going to go play outside more. Awesome. So I do want to touch on your experiential experience just because I started my career in experiential marketing too. And something that I really um, think uh, highly of experiential marketing is that it's so engaging with the consumer. You know, it's now in a world where traditional uh, isn't necessarily as prominent as it was, brands are getting creative to 
interact with their consumers. So could you maybe share a couple stories about some of those activations for Yeti, Red Bull, and uh, whoever else you might've worked on Adidas? Yeah, yeah. So I think what, what's really unique about interacting with your consumer is that it's a brand touch point that not everyone always thinks about, right? So like if you're outside of maybe the marketing world, you think of marketing as, you know, the commercials that you see on TV, the, the podcast radio, you know, podcast advertisements, radio advertisements, as you see on Facebook. But really, I mean, any consumer facing interaction point is a marketing touch point, right? Like whether it's the voice of your newsletter or whether it's a, a person in store that is representing your brand. And so um, to your point, Jack, I, I really did enjoy the, um, the experiential aspect of it. I mean, we we're working on college campuses uh, interacting with students, telling them all about the, you know, the products, but more about like making like a cultural appeal to it. Um, so our company worked on a lot of really awesome projects. Um, some of the ones that we were there, you know, before we even worked with them, um, really causing a buzz on campus. So they just knew how to make really creative installations that would make things look really dramatic and, and interact with the consumers there. Um, but another really awesome touch point was just working with brands to impact their retail experience, right? Like talking face-to-face -face. experiential isn't just face-to-face -face with the consumer, but face-to-face -face with the people that are going to be talking about your brand. So for example, if you're working with retail in a retail environment, you might be talking to the clerks that are working on the sales floors, explaining why your product is, is really awesome and culturally relevant. So that way, when someone walks in and they, they see, you know, the Nikes and Adidas and the, whatever that's out there, they look at it and they go, Oh man, I want, I want the boosts because I heard the boosts have all this energy return and whatever that is. So um, it's, it's a really awesome experience to be able to work with a bunch of different facets of a, of a brand, especially in experiential. Awesome. Yeah. Was there any, any specific activation that stood out to you that something you're most proud of, uh, within, within those brands? Um, one that I think is like the coolest and I'll be totally upfront. I didn't actually work on this, so mm -hmm. I can't, I can't yeah, take no any worries. credit for it. I can't take any credit for it, but um, one of the, one of the one of the cool activations I that I, I saw was that um, our company actually you know worked with a, a brand like Red Bull and on campuses they overnight went in and took these giant wooden crates and they placed them on college campuses all across the country and covered it in netting and made it you know like like cargo netting almost like it got dropped from like a cargo plane like a oh, military wow. cargo drop filled these canisters with Red Bull. And so students came on campuses and in the center of their green space are all of these broken open crates, right? Like that have like, look like they were dropped from somewhere. And the buzz that it generated was insane. Like, I mean, people were like all over the internet on it. People were telling each other about it, like get to the union right now. There's free Red Bull, like book it, you know, and for college kids, Red Bull's gold. And, and yeah. it was a really incredible campaign. Um, again, I can't, I didn't work on that. I can't take any credit for that, but was pretty amazing to, um, to like see how they pulled that off. Definitely. Luke and I do a stunt of the month segment on this podcast. So that would have been a great uh, stunt to include. So that's awesome that you've seen that firsthand in, in uh, your career. Uh, yeah. So moving on, Luke, if you want to. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think, I, I don't know if you saw my face. I had the weirdest deja vu moment of all time. And I'm like, adding like a LinkedIn, like thing on the side here, because one of my like people that I first met when I was like considering like U of I was actually like a brand manager for Red Bull. And like, I can yeah. recall the exact moment where he texted me. Like I was like a senior in high school. So like, I don't know why I was even texting him about this, but he was like, yeah, I just did like a crate drop in like the middle of like some field and like, you know, at U of I oh, wow. something. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And it's like, that's the, I'm, I'm almost certain that's the exact thing that you were just yeah. talking about. So that's a really weird, like deja vu full circle moment for me. Um, but I guess kind of moving along, is there, you know, going back to kind of your upbringing, you were kind of talking about that for a while. Um, are there any brands or campaigns or kind of trends from back in the day that you can remember really influencing your decision to kind of get into this field and kind of shape your, in, like your view on the industry as a whole and kind of what side of things you wanted to get into? Yeah. I think one thing that's always been my favorite part about advertising and media in general is that if you get it right, it becomes almost like a cultural moment and a new way to, you know, bond with people, which sounds weird, but let me explain that. Like if there is an inside joke from an advertisement and you can make that inside joke to a friend and they understand that, 
that brand has now impacted moments beyond just what their brand touches, right? Like if I'm like joking around with friends and these are some of my fond memories as a kid, then that's awesome. Like, and one that comes to mind was like the Gatorade sweat commercial, right? Like the, the players out there, they're sweating and sure. all of a sudden you have people sweating like purple Gatorade, blue Gatorade, <laughs> green Gatorade. Yeah. And so I remember yeah. as like, you know, as a kid in like playing like peewee football and, you know, kid drinking, you know, purple Gatorade on the sideline. And I'm like, hey, man, I want to see your, your sweat after this, you know, <laughs> like, like, you know, we're like laughing about it. We're like, you know, probably fifth grade when that came out. And, um, and I remember that that was that was a big one. But another one was, uh, uh, man, um, <laughs> Bud Light's gonna gonna hate me for saying this, but uh, the real men of genius. <laughs> commercials uh i remember as a kid listening to that in the school bus so you know i don't oh know how targeted, how targeted that campaign was but our our bus driver listening to that and those commercials were hilarious uh if you remember those radio commercials do you guys remember that like the you know the real man of genius yeah you know you know oh, what i'm yeah, saying like oh man it was just a podcast out about that that i listened to the whole thing about yeah yeah it, i mean just an incredible use of radio advertising which i think is predominantly hard to do because you have to make someone pay attention to you know what you're saying when they're driving um totally. and and i remember those ads and just used to used to find those so funny to the point that like my dad whenever we were in the car together would like turn it up when he heard that you know and like that's what every media buyer wants to hear is like someone saying 100 you know yeah. turning turning up the ad um yeah i mean those are two that, that really stand out i have more but but yeah those two are ones that really stand out it's it's kind of funny to think about how I, at least for me, remembering when I was growing up that people would complain about, you know, ads and there wasn't really like, you know, connected TV, Hulu, you know, ways to stream shows without ads. I think there was like food or not Fubo. It was like TiVo or something. It was like the yeah, first like big TiVo. thing where you could remove like the ads. But like my parents are always like, we were cord cutters before it was cool, which basically meant we just didn't have cable. Um, <laughs> that's how they rationalize it. But it's <laughs> nice. funny how yeah. they even, how people kind of, you know, rip on like, oh, I have to watch like four minutes of ads, but yet it finds a way to seep its seep itself into the culture in so many different ways. And, you know, even subconsciously, like you're saying that, you know, you listen to the radio on the bus or in the car and people want to turn it up. And in those cases, that's exactly what you're looking for, like you said. So um, I guess kind of along the same lines, you know, you've been in the industry for, you know, a while now, obviously, um, I guess kind of along the same lines, who do you think is really kind of pushing the boundaries and doing a great job of like kind of keeping up with, you know, the narrative of keeping branding and advertising like top of mind and staying in the cultural conversation. Is there any kind of trends that you really enjoy? Yeah. So I think if we want to talk about like brand specific examples of that, I mean, one over the past, probably, you know, five, 10 years is someone like Popeye's, right? Like Popeye's oh, social and yeah. social and brand voice is is insane like they really tapped into their demographic online and have now become a cultural icon because of that i mean before that their brand was pretty you know non-existent um totally. and, and, and in that same vein like someone like taco bell i mean taco bell was establishing what gen z was before gen z even knew it right like i mean yeah. like look back at some of their old marketing you're talking like 10 15 years ago um probably not that yeah probably but yeah about that 10 15 years ago and it was like 10 for they sure were, they were really like establishing conversations about individuality and like embracing the gen z insights before i think people even realize that what gen z was going go, was going to be right um so i think that there is a lot of uh a lot of brands like that that do a really good job uh lately duolingo has been killing it with like their tiktok game i, I don't know if you guys have noticed yeah. that um has been really cool like leaning into a brand that's a little bit like a, you know it's a it's a it's a really like a app mascot that is now becoming its own character in its own right um and then one this is a little bit a couple years old but i love what spotify did with their user data and talking about like their billboards and out of home talk you know hey you that listen to uh whatever song three thousand times hope you're okay and and <laughs> really tongue-in-cheek and in such a unique way to incorporate data into your media and strategy plan totally and Nolan, I, you, you hit the nail on the head with Taco Bell because I totally agree. They are just an incredibly innovative brand, but you just touched on how they have always been this way. So for the listeners who might not know, uh, do you mind kind of expanding on what you said about what they did 10 years ago? Yeah, I think one thing that they did like 10 years ago because their brand is really struggling um, is that first of all, like again, talking about marketing touch points and how marketing touch points is any, any touch point that a consumer interacts with your brand. 
is like their menu, right? Like they, they really mm-hmm. took a chance, made some really innovative concepts and, and released them to, because their audience wanted diversity and, and um, I guess like food options. So I think that was really big. Um, second of all, they really embraced being like a little bit edgier. So they like, while there are other, you know, there used to be a time when in advertising, you would see the same type of person in every single ad and every single consumer. And they really mm-hmm. dove into diversity, not only diversity when it comes to, you know, um, gender and race, but also diversity and personas and, and styles and like really kind of touched every consumer that is that's out there um, with that. And and they nailed their online presence as well. Right. Like if you remember their their Snapchat, when Snapchat first came out, like their Snapchat filters were all over the place and they really jumped into AR and and everything along those lines. So um, I think as a brand, when I was at, you know, my earlier moments in my career and formative moments in my career, that was one that really stood out because they just were showing guts at every chance, you know, totally. like they were, they were taking risks, brand risks, um, which I, which I always really admired. Definitely. Yeah. Taco Bell is one of my favorite brands from an advertising and branding perspective. So awesome to see that you feel the same way. That's uh, pretty interesting. Um, Luke, unless you have anything else to add, something that I wanted to touch on real quick because you mentioned Yeti, and this is kind of aside from advertising and more so on the branding realm. Um, yeah. I think Yeti's super unique too because they initially were just a cooler and they were able to develop an entire brand and product line um, just based off how they've been able to, to brand themselves. So for example, like they started as just uh, a high quality cooler and they were really able to expand into a cultural norm and um, really created an experience for their consumers. So do you have any insight um, from the experiential side of Yeti or just any personal um, insight into Yeti as well and how they've been able to really expand? Well, yeah, you're, I mean, you totally nailed it. I mean, if you look at Yeti, what what is it? It's a well-made cooler, right? Yeah. If you tell anyone, oh, I have this well-made cooler, they're going to go, that's cool, man. I don't really care. And somehow they turn themselves into a really, I mean, I know I'm using this word a lot, but a cultural icon, right? I mean, mm-hmm. in the, especially in the South, it was like a status symbol for a very long time and and still arguably is. But I think for them, why they, they took their audience, they knew what their audience needed and they fully embraced in who they were. They had an outdoors spirit. They embraced the, you know, the person that is hunting. They embraced the, the adventurer, the outdoorsman. Uh, outdoors person, I should say, and really like had that at every single point, at every single touch point. They also realized that the people that are buying their products are going to have higher standards. And so if you look at Yeti's, I mean, everything from their packaging to their messaging just screams premium, right? Like, I mean, if you look at, if you ever get one of their coolers and you open one of their, like the, the packets that are inside of it, and it has everything from care instructions to, um, you know, how many beers you can fit in it. It does a great job of showing a, a premium, well-made product that is elegant and sophisticated while also still having that humble person spirit of when they tell you what the cooler size is, it's how many cans of beer can you fit in it, right? Which is which is totally. fun. Like it's like, so I, I think they do a good job of marrying those two um, demographics into a product that fits both, right? Like that outdoorsy person that wants something that's functional but someone that is maybe looking for a really elegant, well-crafted product as well. Yeah, absolutely. Any cool activations that you worked on or, or knew about from your agency? Unfortunately not. I, uh, that was towards the very tail end of my internship. So we had okay. just onboarded them on as a client. Um, uh, you know, that was, so I, I unfortunately can't talk to them a ton, but, um, when we were there building plans for them, it was, it was really cool and, and really enjoyed working with their, with their team. I can imagine it's, it's crazy to think like, like you're saying, I can remember Yeti being this almost status symbol, even up here in the Midwest. I have, I mean, I think for me, like, you know, I think I kind of grew up very like frugally and I wouldn't spend money on things, but now I think I own my girlfriend and I own like, I don't know, eight to 10 Yetis in different (laughs) sizes. I have, I have the can, I have quite literally like the biggest size, like, like the gym bro, like I drink like a shit ton of water per day thing. Um, but, um, I don't know where Jack went, uh, <laughs> but, uh, 
but yeah, I he think. Go buy a Yeti right now. Yeah, <laughs> he was, he was that, like, influenced by us. Those sound great. Yeah. Wow. I need to go buy a Yeti yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, you are a good salesperson. Um, but um, but yeah, it's it's crazy how they kind of transformed an everyday thing. It's like if like Phillips screwdrivers became like a cultural icon of like you know a screwdriver that like defines more than a screwdriver like if people used it to like i don't know recraft their home or something i have no idea what i'm talking about right now (laughs) (laughs) no but you're right that's that's a good analogy i mean it's like an everyday product that someone uses and they've had frustrating i mean look at like away like away like the the suitcase brand right like they recognize very similar to yeti that people have had frustrating experiences with these not like these products not lasting as long as they should and let's tap into it. Let's make it really well built. Let's sell it for a price that's probably too much, and people will buy it. And Definitely it works. too much. So, yeah. Definitely yeah, too much. Yeah. I got one for free recently. So, uh, yeah, shout Luke out got one from the vendor. Yeah. Shout out to the vendor that sent that to me. They're, I, I know they've liked some of our, some of our posts on LinkedIn. So maybe they're listening. Um, <laughs> Love that. I love that. I need up my, I need up my vendor gift game. Yeah, man. Yeah. Giving away. Making me, making me look yeah. bad on here, Luke. Come on. I'm going to yeah. question some clients. <laughs> um, so I guess we can transition into kind of the meat and potatoes question. Um, I know you've kind of touched on your company, Grocery TV, um, yeah. and the parent company, Clerk, that you kind of initially joined and kind of fell in love with the startup aspect of everything. So how are they kind of changing the game um, in kind of the play space, marketing, digital out of home space, and what kind of drew you to that side of the business? And, you know, what are your thoughts for the future um, in that space? Yeah, yeah. So, so um, I think number one, just to put this out there is like, I think retail media is going to be one of the next hotspots for advertising. Um, you're seeing more and more retailers ranging from grocery stores to clothing stores to big box stores, digitizing more and more of their in-person store experience. Um, I think during the pandemic, a lot of people explored and flirted with online um, and and delivery, but especially when it comes to groceries, we're seeing that the adoption just isn't as strong as you'd expect, because I think a lot of people, number one, enjoy the in-store shopping experience, but also um, are very particular about what kinds of apples they pick out and and what that looks like. So um, I, I think retail media is going to be going to be a big frontier, which is one of the reasons that I was interested in them. Um, but yeah, grocery TV, just to give a quick, I guess, 30 second background, we're the largest digital network inside of grocery stores across the country. Um, we're in all 50 states. We are currently in over 2,800 locations um, and we'll probably be in close to 3,500 3, to 4,000 by the end of the year. Um, but we, uh, we're, we're growing a lot and, and really what we have is we have digital displays that are located inside of these stores. So right now we're currently in the checkout lanes, which are the longest dwell time for a consumer. So it adds benefit to the advertiser because the consumer is waiting there and it gives an awesome time to either have brand touch points or give them, you know, like build that brand story beyond just a moment. Uh, and then it also add, it gives benefit to the retailers because, you have consumers that are having a perceived less wait time, like while they're, while they're waiting in line um, and allows them to also talk about some of the initiatives that they're doing inside of that store as well. So um, yeah, that's a little bit about us. Um, But yeah, we're, we're growing a lot. We just raised some, some money, which we're really excited about. um, And we're going to be expanding into, you know, other areas of the store and and other types of retailers is is the goal uh, long-term. Yeah. And it's super easy Sorry. It's super interesting to hear, you know, about kind of the retail space and your outlook on it. Cause like, when you think about it, a lot of kind of the push, you know, from an outside looking in perspective is around, you know, these online check-ins, you know, using Instacart, using any sort of random app where people can kind of be on their phone and have someone else pick it up. Obviously that person picking it up is, you know, going to be susceptible to, you know, the digital out of home offering that's kind of being put out there, but that person's not really consuming it, but you know, to the grocery TV side of things, why it makes sense, in my opinion, you know, when you're thinking about retail, you know, everyone still goes into stores regardless, but whether you're going to go into a Zara or Prada or, you know, a stadium goods or something, you're going to do that maybe once every two or three weeks, but, you know, going on a grocery run, like you have to eat. I suppose some people eat less, but like everyone has to eat, you know, you can't (laughs) not eat. So you have to get your food from somewhere. And honestly, 
I can't remember a time where I've really thought to myself that Instacart or one of these apps is a viable option. Like I would rather just go out and get the stuff that I need because, you know, you hear all these horror stories where you're like, I put one banana and I got 17 bananas. It's like, how the fuck does that even happen? But, you know, <laughs> my roommate just, sense, you know, my roommate just did Amazon groceries and got double the bananas. Yeah. Literally <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> just going to the store. Exactly. What are the odds so, of that? In that sense, yeah. you know, you're going at least once a week, if not multiple times, you know, if you're getting snacks, if you're getting, you know, drinks, if you're getting, if you have an event that you need to plan for, it makes sense that, you know, like you're saying, especially expanding into other areas of the store, it can only behoove, you know, advertisers to kind of get in front of it. So kind of going off that, is there a yeah. particular brand or any sort of client that you think was a super cool activation that you really enjoyed doing um, that saw success or I guess didn't, and but was still cool and you thought could have worked better. So whatever you think. Yeah. So, so I think that one thing that's really cool is that, and I'm going to risk of sound, sounding a little salesy here, but our CPG brands that we work with, like right now we're only in the checkout lane, right? But regardless of where they're located in store, um, we actually see an average of 14% sales lift for products, including in-store products, like center store products. So we're finding that advertising over time impacts them. But I think one of my favorite activations that we've run is uh, degree deodorant. We worked we worked with um, with their agency team, and they did a campaign across a bunch of different digital out of home for uh, uh, venue types, right? And their whole creative was based around again fitness, right? Like degree, you think of degree deodorant, you think of sport, you think of fitness, um, and they had a creative that popped up on the display that said you know, still waiting in line, do 20 calf raises or 15 calf raises while you wait. And I thought that was wow. such a cool, that's such a cool moment because a consumer is going to look at that and go, whoa, like this is very relevant to what I'm doing right now. It's funny. It, it's like a little tongue in cheek, you know, it has a, uh, a direct brand tie in to the element of sport, which I think is really cool. Um, and they did that at, at similar ones, like with, um, uh, like they did one at like, like bus stops, like waiting to catch a ride, uh, you know, do 10 jumping jacks or uh, like, like other, other activations across the board. I it's escaped me where the other ones were, but they did this across a multiple media venue types, which I think is really interesting. And I think that digital out of home has a really unique opportunity to have those personal touch points because you, you're going to know it's contextual relevance, beyond just what someone is looking at on the computer, right? Like digital advertising, a lot of times it's contextually relevant. They really like that. Billboards, it's, it's they can do that depending on the location, not always. Um, but if you can touch into places like at the gas station or in the grocery store, or at the gym or wherever they are, you can talk to the consumer in that environment, which I think is really unique. That's sweet. And especially for degree and deodorant, I feel like deodorant uh, really... Deodorant's an interesting category because it really brings out the most of advertising and marketing because it's such a simplistic product that when you need deodorant, you're probably just going to go to the store and buy what's ever cheapest or what looks cool. But if, if Degree just did that and I was in the store and saw that, you know, they're going to be fresh in my mind. And I honestly gain respect for them. So they might get my purchase the next time I'm getting deodorant. So that's awesome that they were able to leverage grocery TV to um, hopefully increase their sales. Yeah. And, and, and one other brand that I thought was really cool that was actually not endemic to the store, because a lot of our advertisers aren't endemic, is that uh, Chase Bank, they had 15% or they had like uh, four times the points on on groceries if you use the Chase credit card. And so they okay. had like cre creative that was like featuring Kevin Hart, you know, carrying groceries. He's like a brand ambassador for them and the creative. And it's like, you know, um, if you use your chase card, whatever, it's like four times back on the grocery. So again, very contextually relevant um, for a brand that maybe, it, it, you know, isn't even a CPG product, but is right there at the point of purchase and an opportunity to talk to the consumer in a, in a relevant setting. Yeah. It's super interesting to think about. I mean, when I was in high school, I worked at a grocery store. It was a local grocery store and we had one of those kind of point of purchase screens where it would display different products and stuff. But I know I was reading an article where, you know, it kind of said that, um, you know, a lot of the things can show whether or not things are in stock, um, you know, stuff like that. But, um, you know, from an outside looking in point of view, which I feel like I've said like four times, um, you know, it's super simplistic to just take like whatever kind of creative you have and just chuck it on the screen and say, here's what we're trying to you know sell you. But it sounds like, you know, a lot of brands are kind of recognizing that, you know, this is a real opportunity to kind of put something, you know, 
different and something special that is kind of recognizing the space that people are in when they're waiting in this checkout line, where it is sometimes two, three, four, five minutes um, where they're waiting to where, you know, it really does connect with them more than just, you know, a generic ad where people are like, look at it for three seconds. And they're like, all right, cool. I got what that ad's about. So um, super awesome to hear about that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what makes me excited for the space. I think that the more and more teams that invest creative specifically for the environments that they're in outside of even digital, um, there's a really unique touch point to have with those consumers. Definitely. Nolan, you kind of touched on it with Chase, but looking at your website, it seems a big, seems like a big value prop of grocery TV is hitting consumers at their point of purchase, like for that degree. But it seems like you also have other types of advertisers as well that aren't necessarily in the grocery space. So can you really just talk about all the different um, advertisers with grocery TV and how you're helping different brands and really kind of what's in store for the future? Yeah, for sure. So it's funny, um, you know, you think of grocery TV, you think probably most of our advertisers are grocery products, but the majority of advertisers are actually not, um, not sold in, in store itself. Um, okay. So a lot of our, a lot of our advertisers, the reason that most advertisers partner with grocery TV, whether you're an in-store product or whether you're an insurance brand or financial brand is because of our audience. I mean, if you think about like who shops for groceries, it's going to be that household decision maker. So not only are they deciding what they're going to buy for groceries, but they're also going to buy their insurance. They're going to choose where they bank. They're going to choose where they go on vacation. They're going to choose what they watch on TV when they get home. They're going to choose what kind of car they buy. They're going to select, you know, what school their kids go to, what hospital they choose. So for us, like we're, we advertise all across the spectrum. Like, I mean, it's, it's kind of funny. It seems like every day we find like a new use case regardless of what category we have. We had someone reach out to us today that is looking for app downloads. And they're like, hey, we know that this consumer here is going to be able to download an app while they wait in line. And that's what we're looking for. So for us, it's, it's awesome that we can see, you know, all these different advertisers really embrace the space. Um, as far as the future goes, I mean, we obviously want to expand inside of grocery, but we ultimately want to be retail TV. Like we don't want to be just grocery TV. We want, we want anyone that's going to embrace the retail media space. To, to look at us as a leader in the space to be able to um, grow our network and be able to give our advertising partners, you know, what they want and consumers an opportunity to um, interact with brands at every retail uh, touch point. Awesome. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's really cool. Um, you know, when kind of touching on what I was saying before, you know, as much as people will kind of rip on advertising and kind of say that, you know, I don't want to watch like four minutes of ads to get, you know, 10 minutes of content every, you know, 15 minute block. You know, I think there is a certain respect for things being well catered to the environment. And like you're saying, if, you know, even if it's longer form content, um, regardless of you know how long it is or how kind of intrusive it is almost in a sense, you know, if it is well-placed and it does pertain to, you know, something that, the consumer can do. It does make a lot of sense. And I think people do have respect for that. You know, you think like the Super Bowl, people could put literally anything on TV and people would be fucking glued to it, regardless a of QR it. code. It could be yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah. My favorite yeah. ad of the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, so even though I didn't, even though I didn't do it, I should have. I'm kicking myself now, but I should have. <laughs> um, but yeah, I um it's super awesome to hear. Yeah, I, I think to your point, um, to your point, Luke, people hate advertising when it interrupts what they're doing. And so I think that you're going to see more and more advertising mediums pop up in a way that is less intrusive to what the consumer is doing in the real space, which is one of the reasons I love digital at home. I mean, I think that a lot of it is, it's, it's not, I don't want to say passive, but in a way it's like the consumer, if they do not want to engage, they maybe don't absolutely have to. And that makes them maybe more perspective, more perceptive or potentially even uh, less negative against ads they encounter in that environment, right? Definitely. So are you 100% in the checkout line right now? And do you plan to expand to other areas of grocery stores? Yeah, so currently we're 100% in the checkout because number one, like we mentioned, it's the longest of all time in the store. Uh, if you have an ad that's you know in the deli section, you're only gonna, you're only gonna hit someone there for a few seconds. Um, and it's because it's, it's one of the few parts of the stores that every single person has to go to, right? Every single person, unless they're going to steal groceries, has to check out. Um, whereas, whereas if you have a screen that's maybe in just one lane for, let's say, like 
let's say you have a you have a screen in, in the chip lane and for Doritos, Doritos has a new brand, a new product that just launched. Well, if a consumer goes there and they go, oh, I bought a bunch of chips last time. I don't need to buy any now. Um, they're not, they might not know about that new product launch that could get the consumer to buy next time that they're there, right? So for us, um, that was really why we chose to check out Lane specifically. It gives an opportunity, longer dwell time, and hits every customer that goes through. Awesome. Yeah, great insight there. And really appreciate you uh, sharing everything on Grocery TV. All right, so now moving along into our segment of back or smack BS. So Luke and I have done this ourselves to where we give each other two uh, topics to back or smack. But now with a guest, we have a little new format here. So what we're going to do is throw uh, Nolan basically a handful of this or that. And he's going to choose if he backs, agrees, likes this brand or product uh, or smack that he doesn't. And so Nolan, you can take this from a personal preference and or um, a branding or advertising perspective and feel free to add any flavor that you might uh, like. Uh, so we're gonna do this in kind of a rundown format. Um, so if you wanna provide insight, uh, go for it. If not, that's totally cool. Uh, so Luke, do you wanna get us started here? And no yeah. one has no idea what we're asking him. Yeah, I know. I, I, that's like I need to take a drink of my beer before I do this. I would be a little, we, little bit more honest. Yeah, we we've got some uh, we've got some softball questions, which I'm sure you'll know the answer to. We've got some, like I said, some more poignant ones. So, the first one I'm going to throw you, and I feel like I know the answer to this based on stuff you've said. Is yeah, if you're a Nike or an Adidas guy or other, if you want to um, back or smack different brands. Ooh, uh, I'm a I'm a Adidas guy through and through. Literally got the three stripes on right now. There so, we go. Uh, yeah, that's that's from working at at the agency for them. Had a huge passion. There you go. There you go. You got. The, I have Adidas uh, shoes too. They're not on. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I promise. Yeah. Uh, lo love what they do. So definitely, definitely back Adidas. Three stripes. Um, respect for Nike's marketing though. Mar Nike's marketing is is in insane. Not that Adidas Adidas isn't, but. They have some, you know, next level stuff. So great. All right. Next one. Starbucks or Duncan? Back or smack? Oh, Starbucks back. Um, uh, Duncan completely smack. Like, like wow. man, their their wow. coffee is uh, yeah, just just can't do it. I have friends that live on the East Coast who just talk about Duncan all the time. I tried their coffee once and we'll never go back. Uh <laughs> it was, you know, not 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 great. That being said, their brand consumer experience is cool. Like they have, like they're they're, yeah. they're fun. Like they're a fun brand. I really like them as a company. Um, but I, I like Starbucks coffee better. That's just me. I agree with you, but I will say I think Dunkin' is one of my favorite brands from an advertising perspective. I think they have such a or such a uh, friendly app that has really smart and tailored promotions. They really innovate their product line. Funny stories. One time, Barstool, like this was like five years oh, ago. Fuck. Was Come on. <laughs> I always bring up these Luke stories, but this is just an example of how Barstool, or not Barstool, oh, sorry, Duncan God. has changed um, based off trends. So, Barstool was advertising this new Duncan drink that had like 200 grams of sugar. Like it was just, oh, yeah. what this. was in it, Luke? It was a certain candy or something. It was, it was, no, it was literally like a full can of monster. I think yes. it was a full can of monster <laughs> yes. or it was like a was... 20 ounce Red Bull. It wasn't like an yes. eight ounce Red Bull. It was like a full Red Bull. Oh, it was oh like, it God. was slushy monster like they basically just took like a monster and then took like oh cool let's just take like a cup of sugar and just dump it in this motherfucker <laughs> like it was ridiculous oh man but anyways yeah. this was like five years ago and that would never fly now and obviously that didn't work out but i think what duncan's really done is now they have all these healthy options and drinks so it shows you that just in a short span of time they've been able to innovate their menu and so and luke was just so into barstool and at the time that their their partnership worked and he went and bought that i'm like dude that is that is probably like the worst drink you could ever get <laughs> but, oh my god man uh, you gotta you gotta a tell a barstool story. rep that you gotta tell a barstool <laughs> rep that you're a case study case study of one luke look at that yeah listen if they yeah. want to pick us up i'm not gonna rip it too much it was a great drink <laughs> So for all those brand reps, I, I love the Duncan Culotta. Bring it back. The yeah. Culotta, that's 100% what it was. Yeah, that was what it was. Yeah. I'm looking it up right now. If you look it up, it looks disgusting. It doesn't even look all right. 
Luke, um, Luke, we'll bring it back, but you have to have one every single time you do one of these. Oh, <laughs> my God. I think that'd be uh, worse than if I drank. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, probably. Um, are you, uh, are you uh, like a make coffee at home with like a Chemex type? Or are you like a Keurig or instant coffee? Uh, or what, what's, your, what's your style with coffee? I'm a big coffee goer. I, I used to drink like four or five cups a day until I started having like heart issues that Jack thinks was fake, but it was definitely real. Uh, God damn, man. That's so, wild. So, I suppose um, it, it sounds yeah. real. After how many I, uh, so I, I just got married three weeks ago and part of the wedding gift was, uh, thanks, yeah. but, but part, part of the wedding gift or one of the wedding gifts I got was a uh, Nespresso Virtuo something or another. And that's like damn. my favorite, man. Yeah. It's awesome. It's, it's like next level, next level Keurig. Um, I like, I like Keurig too, but, but I love that. Otherwise, uh, I actually just really enjoy like local coffee shops. Like if you could find like the right one, you know, like I have a local coffee shop here. They know me by name, which is so cool. Like I love, I love that, you know? So. so, so if we added local coffee shop, Starbucks and Duncan, and you had to back one and smack the other two, would you smack Duncan and Starbucks? Yeah. Yeah. If you, local, if you could you only know? have one yeah. for the rest of your life, would you only pick, Ooh. like, what if the food from this local place, you don't have to shout them out. What if it's just trash? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I'd have to go Starbucks just for the location convenience, right? Like Starbucks sure. is international. You go anywhere in the world, you'll probably find a Starbucks. So if <laughs> I had really to pick one, <laughs> yeah, if I had to pick one, I'm going, I'm going Starbucks. They're also, they're, um, they're like, uh, what do they call it? The Starbucks roastery or reserve, whatever distillery, whatever they call it. Uh, they have one in they have one in Chicago. Uh, th- those yeah. are really cool. I, I like yeah. I like those. That's a cool brand. Talk about a brand experience. I mean, that's like badass. From, from there's from like a thirty brands. minute line outside of it every single time I walk past. You would think that after like five years of it being open, that people would have like you could watch a YouTube video or something. Like I don't know, you yeah. need to wait outside <laughs> in the cold for that. But I mean, more power to you. People love their coffee. They do. Jack, do you yeah. wanna? All right, I think I'm actually up next. Um, yeah, go I think for it. My next one is another easy one likely are you a coke or a pepsi guy which one are you back in the smacking oh definitely coke back in coke um i i from a, from a personal consumer perspective i think that again I, I like both of them i think they're great um but i i like um coca-cola is like like coke zero is like such a solid product like for like what you know like a diet coke whatever i know it's different but I remember Coke Zero came out and I was like, oh man, I really like this. It's, you know, healthier, whatever. Um, I do think that Pepsi does a great job on the innovation front though, too. Like they do an awesome job with like Mountain Dew, like Mountain Dew flavors that came out. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I stayed up playing Call of Duty till 5 a.m. with my friends and, in, in, you know, middle school uh, uh, drinking Mountain Dew and their brand partnerships, you know, using the Frito-Lay, PepsiCo, obviously they're the same company, but really like partnering those two brands is really cool too but um it just came out with flaming hot mountain dew yeah i saw that i saw that uh i'm gonna try it i'll let you guys know how it is yeah let us know know. i'm a little scared but if you'll come back on yeah you know the recurring guest that's right yeah your your first guest and your only (laughs) we just have you on every other week yeah yeah that's great um well when i when i see you guys beat out the joe rogan podcast on spotify or something i'm gonna be like oh man this is it um but yeah no i i think i I think i back coke on this one yeah all right next mac or pc mac for sure no doubt all right do you have a work do you have a work mac or a work pc oh work mac yeah, oh, work yeah. Mac, personal Mac. I, I, when I, I asked them while I was interviewing, like, what kind of computer oh. do you guys offer? I'm <laughs> sure like, grocery, all yeah. the tech and sales companies offer the, the, the Mac, so that's yeah. not surprising. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, they're in- incredible. I, I don't think I'm gonna ever go back to PC. Yeah, I've got the equivalent of a Nokia brick for a work computer. It's a Dell. I, I opened it and I literally laughed. So, uh, and then I sent an email. <laughs> Um, if the HR person from Dentsu is listening, I sent an email asking for a Mac and I never got a response. So that's uh, <laughs> a no. with a Mac. You just got to send a follow-up email, you know, sales yeah, one-on-one. Just, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Funny yeah. story. I actually got, I actually, this is a complete tangent, but I got like a follow-up email that was like, I don't know how familiar you are with like Eminem and like old Eminem music, but like 
it was like the Stan song where he's like, I wrote you, but you still ain't calling. Someone customized <laughs> oh, it that was like, hey, Luke. That's clever. I've, I've emailed. Oh, no, it's creepy as fuck. He was like, no, hey, Luke, no, I wrote you, annoying. but you still yeah. ain't calling. No. Like, I, I put my email and my like website link at the bottom. And I was like, oh, but it's like a picture of Eminem that was like, oh, <laughs> oh gosh. Oh, it was, it was, no. it was, I no. was like, all I, right, well, any chance you had was out the window. Sorry, bro. I, I frequently, I frequently send emails that I get from like really bad cringy ones like that. Like there was one of like them holding my face in their hand and being like, "Oh my, I have the, <laughs> I have the world in my hand. I oh. love to talk to you, whatever." But it like looked oh, like my. Oh, friend. that is no. weird. It was, it was weird. It was weird. And and I literally I sent, <laughs> I sent that to uh to my to to our team, and I was like. If I if I ever see anyone send this, like, so help me God, <laughs> like like That's don't don't do that, don't do that. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I was in business yeah. development sales for two years, and so never did anything that creepy. But I was a pretty good personalized writer, but. Not not of the box like that. That is that's quite something else. I respect the yeah. hustle, but it was a little yeah. bit too over a the edge much. with with the song much. choice. Um, yeah. All right. So the next one we got is a triple header slash like quadruple or whatever five times is um, back or smack or smack or back or whatever. Twitter versus Netflix, not Netflix. Twitter not Netflix. versus Instagram versus Facebook. I don't know if TikTok's counted in there, but like you can add in like a TikTok or LinkedIn or something too. Um, which ones of like the major social media are you going to back or smack? If you had to like pick one or two and smack the rest. Man, that's really hard. Um, huh. I love Twitter. I, I, I really, I really love Twitter. Uh, Twitter's awesome. Also want to throw in Reddit in that conversation. Okay. I, I love, love Reddit. Uh, I think that those two platforms are the ones that you can learn the most out of instead of all those. I really would pick pick LinkedIn because I really, I really personally, I love LinkedIn. I use it a lot just to sure. stay connected with people that I, you know, am, am friends with. But if I see one more post that was like, I had a job interviewer come in covered uh, in rain because uh, his car broke no. down. Yeah. And I told him, and I told <laughs> oh, him, go home, buddy. You got the job. Like, you know, like, like. <laughs> Like, like the stuff like that. I'm like, Oh my God, how many times do you have to see this? Like, we know it's not you. Like we know it's complete bullshit. Like, don't, don't. I do wonder that. who's, who's liking those posts. Cause they always have like 8 I, million likes and like the engagement is crazy. And it's like, <laughs> it's, Holy shit. Like people are like, Oh my God, this is inspiring. I wish I could be this person. It's like, what? Yeah. Yeah. It drives me crazy. Like it makes like LinkedIn's got to do something about that, man. Like, it's like, it's like, you want to talk about like combating misinformation on social media, like, like that, that alone, it's like ruining my LinkedIn experience. But um, I, I really love Twitter and Reddit because like, like I said, because of the aspect, like I think those two platforms, like while you can learn on, on a lot of them, like, especially like YouTube, you can learn a lot, but like, I love, I love using both of those just to like, jump in a bunch of different groups like, i think you get exposed to a lot of new groups and yeah the information can be kind of bleh, whatever but um you ever notice like all the hot stuff goes down on twitter though like you know elon oh, musk yeah. Tweets, yeah. Like, tweeting something crazy oh, yeah. kanye west tweeting something crazy like someone's like tweeting just like crazy shit and like that's entertaining at least but yeah it's direct from people's thoughts what's what's your yeah. favorite subreddit like if you had to give like your favorite two or three subreddits like what what should people check out? Like, what oh, are your favorite man. slash? What should people check out? I know some of the stuff is just is just awful. Bon. Well, uh, well, yeah. I mean, I I, I stay on the, the light the light side of Reddit. Yeah. I'm there. I'm there, I'm there it gets good, dark. I'm there to have a good time, not like contemplate what humans are doing across the world. Um, that's a that's a really big tough one. I actually don't religiously follow any particular ones. A lot of times, like I'll just go through and like what's popular or what's in the news or what's in okay. the, what's in my normal feed to see what's recommended. Uh, lately for the sake of it, I uh, have recently been getting into scuba diving because I did went on my honeymoon. And so I've been on the scuba oh, wow. subreddit okay. and, and that's crazy. People like post like some crazy stuff on there, which is really cool. Um, otherwise, like I just love memes, <laughs> you know, like I just, I follow a lot of just like random memes. Um, it, out of the loop is great because it's like you like it, you know have you, i don't know if you've been on that but it's like it's like out of the loop and someone will say hey i saw that this is kind of trending what's this about i like that because sure. a lot of times i'll learn about random shit that i don't care about and we'll spend a minute and then just go on go on with the rest of my life so also unsolved mysteries that's that's a fun one because like 
you'll see that people have dedicated way too much of their life to solving random mysteries. But yeah. I don't know if I'll ever what solve about you? What about you? What about you? What about you, Luke? Do you have I don't, one? Know if, I don't know if I'll ever solve the mysteries, but we'll watch every single true crime show that's on Netflix or Hulu, even oh, if yeah. it's about someone in like, I don't know, like Bhutan or something. Like, I don't right. even care where it is. I'll just watch anything. <laughs> um, personally, I would have to pull up my Reddit. Um, I'm really big into like the esports category. So a lot of it is that. And a lot of it's like, like it's very gatekeepy. It's like someone will ask like a very basic question and then people will be like, you're a fucking idiot. And it's like, <laughs> oh shit. Like this person uh, is trying to learn something, man. But like, you know, uh, I think that's why, you know, Twitter, not Twitter, um, Reddit's a wild place. Um, you know, it's, it's not, it's not always the most welcoming place in the world. Wholesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, you do learn a lot. I, I will say, um, I will say it's very informative in that sense. I, I, I think I've, gone on i've started getting into like sneakers and stuff so going on r slash rep sneakers so i don't have to pay like a thousand dollars for a pair of jordans or something and i can pay like ninety dollars to a person in china i'm following i'm following that right uh, now it's very much um my lane more than uh, yeah again paying a thousand dollars for a pair of uh shoes that i will wear like once every four days so right in plastic bags they don't get dirty exactly they're the same shoes they're the exact same thing they're pieces of leather yeah um but jack all right. that was a long-winded one hit, hit yeah us wow come on guys no it's all good um all right next backer smack uh so this is a three a three for we have netflix hulu or other streaming services uh i'm gonna go other streaming services and hbo max i okay. i I've, i'm i'm watching succession right now which is an incredible show if you guys haven't okay. seen it but I love that they do a lot of direct to uh, streaming service releases for theatricals. So like, there's a lot of you know a lot of movies on there, um, that like that come out, which is really nice. Um, is it yeah. Batman on there now? The new Batman. I think so. I think yeah. so. I haven't seen it yet, but yeah, HBO Max for sure. Uh, though I have been watching a lot of Ozarks lately. Uh, did you finish the? Ooh. Did you finish the newest installment yet? I, I have. I have one episode left, oh. and I'm going to finish it tonight. So. <laughs> Yeah, HBO Max, so all, all, all the way. I think that's my favorite by far. Cool. All right, this one is a little theme for you down in Texas. Bagger Smack Bucky's or H-E-B, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. Look at you and your Texas Look knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Yeehaw, partner. Yeah, we just, we just got the Bucky's and the H-E-B down here. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Texas yeah. forever. Uh, but uh, I love H-E-B especially you know the grocery element it is a great user experience but bucky's man have you ever been to one no i really for, want for, to though okay for those of you who are I, listening that i've never been to a bucky's let me just explain it to you it is a convenience yeah. store right it's a gas station but the convenience yep. store is massive it's huge and it's like a scaled down version of walmart you can yeah. find camo clothes there you can find full-on grocery items that you need you can find floaties for your pool you can find pool noodles you can find guns it's not a joke here in texas yeah. you can find crossbows you can find bow and arrows you can find coolers you can find and and they have some awesome brisket like they have amazing food and the whole food court right it's it's insane it's a it's a place that everyone if you go to texas listen you need to stop at a Bucky's. Make it a trip. You will not regret it. It's it's an amazing experience. Yeah, Luke and I went in 2019 actually for the Big 12 championship, and I wanted to go to Bucky's, but we didn't have a car. We were just Ubering, so there was really no reason to go. <laughs> literally, I gotta go someday. Everywhere. We we walked like three miles to get to a Whataburger and a Salvation Army, and that was <laughs> there, there aren't like sidewalks all over the place, so we were like just walking in the grass of people's yards and shit wild i had no well, money i had like no well, money at all if you come if you come down to austin we'll uh, we'll take you to a bucky's we'll show you we'll show you what's absolutely good. absolutely awesome. all right luke you're up all right so this one's kind of grocery store themed uh i i know it's more personal preference than anything but backer smack big box grocery stores versus kind of local grocery stores oh man you don't have to rip any like individual yeah. grocery store i know that's obviously yeah, no. a profession so i don't want to do that <laughs> yeah my uh my boss calls me tomorrow and says, hey, <laughs> yeah this niche advertising podcast and i <laughs> and i heard you on there um no i um 
from personal experience, I, I actually do shop at HEB, which is, I guess, what you consider local. They have like a hundred stores, I think, across Texas. So, but it's only it's only in Texas. Um, I, I love that for like fresh groceries. I find that you get a lot more variety of options in there. And I actually, there's in Austin, there's not really many big box, large grocery stores. Um, that being said, I do think that what's really awesome about the big box, large grocery stores is that you get a lot more like brand innovations. So like if, you know, Skittles comes out with this like really unique flavor that it's like limitedly sold, it's going to be sold at some of those big box stores as opposed mm -hmm. to like your local store. So, um, Ultimately, I really do. I really do like both. Um, but man, I love my HEB here in Austin. It's a it's a great spot. To go there too, maybe. You should. It's yeah. it's a kind of cult. It's got like a cult following in Texas. Totally. It's, it's a it's a it's a cool experience. So like Publix, like if you ever been to Publix yeah. down in Florida? Yep. Like Florida, they have an insane cult following. They sell merchandise. There's I know. Someone on our team that has a sweatshirt. Like it's insane. Wow. Yeah. yeah, Publix is cool, and it's literally just like a basic grocery store, but HEB is a a grocer that's really, like, developed a brand around it, too, so that's interesting. They have to, man. They're the centers of the community, you know? They feed exactly. everyone. So what? So you're back in Big Box. I, I, I think I'm back in both. I don't think I can choose both, that. Both, that yeah. one's hard. That one's hard. That one's, uh, how about, and how about, also... That's right. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll back both and smack down on this one. This is, I'll right. let me be in the middle on this one. That's <laughs> yeah. All right. Luke has a, I'm, I'm uh, like, I'm like furiously Googling if CEB is like, I, I don't know how much you know about like, like Wawa has like sandwiches and like Philly, and yeah. like, you know, yeah. like people, it's like a cult following. I don't, does CEB have like a deli counter? H-E-B. <laughs> shit. I just searched CEB and that, yeah, that probably nothing, nothing popped up. up. <laughs> yeah. Nothing popped up. It's a CEB global account. That's literally nothing. Um, oh man. Does H-E-B have like, deli options that people go in and like eat like sandwiches and shit like i was trying to what i was trying to do with that was say like would you prefer that or like casey's breakfast pizza because i oh assume man that's casey's, a thing and, hold on hold on casey's breakfast pizza that is yeah man it has, saved, it, it has saved me it has saved my soul it saved it saved me <laughs> after i mean being in the midwest going to college in the midwest i mean oh, when you like huge up, in nebraska right Huge, massive at Nebraska. Yeah. When you uh when you have a Casey's breakfast pizza after a night out in the town, you you hear angels speaking yeah. in your ears. Like it's well, so let me ask you this then, Luke. Are you a bacon or sausage guy? With Casey's breakfast pizza, I'm a sausage Correct. guy. Same, same. All right, Jack, what you got? I haven't had I've only we don't have as much access to Casey's, but I've, I couldn't even tell you what I've had Casey's breakfast pizza once, like six, seven years ago. So I, I don't know. Um, Casey's is a, I don't know if I can give you an yeah, for anyone that's listening, Casey's is a, is a gross, is a, is a, it's a, it's a gas station. I mean, it's, it's a, a gas, gas station. station. Yeah. Literally a gas station, but it's like a chain all across the Midwest and yeah. they have the best breakfast pizza. I will fight it otherwise. Yeah. I don't yeah, know anyone else that has breakfast pizza. That's probably true, but you know, yeah. their breakfast pizza is insane. Yeah. I, I would prefer the breakfast pizza over some, some, I prefer some Chicago pizzas, not wow. like, not wow. like, Delis, like Delios, not or... like Lumalnati's and stuff, but like some of the stuff definitely over like yeah. the Papa John's. Casey's pizza is before. incredible though. They it's really good. They got it going on. Yeah. yeah. I said I said Ghirardelli's, which is a chocolate place, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> gonna say, wait, I don't know. What's called that starts with a G? Giordano's, Giordano's. Giordano's, Giordano's. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. Giordano's. Sue me. Sue me. It's like, uh, yeah. I don't know if I've yeah. had that. Oh, yeah, the chocolate. Yeah, yeah, it's bad. That's All right, bad. Luke. Next one. All right. I think I've got, I guess I've got like four in a row. Um, all right. So I'm going to combine like two of mine. Um, I'm going to do like a back versus smack smack. Um, so we're going to do Lincoln versus Minnesota. Generally. I, I don't know where you're from. Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, and, and, and yeah, sorry. And Lincoln, Min Nebraska Minnesota. versus yeah. Minnesota, I guess the state, um, yeah. versus like Austin. Oh man, that's tough. You can take this whatever way you want, whether it's like live, yeah. work, like retire, However you want to spend this. Hmm. I think 
If you want to take it a couple ways, I gotta, ways, I gotta, you I gotta can show too. love. I gotta show love for my. I gotta show love for my home state of Minnesota. I mean, the people there are really great. Um, really, just incredibly nice people. Awesome people. Uh, the weather though is is tough, man. Like anyone yeah. that lives there will tell you, the winters are, are brutal. They're really they're really tough. But I think it builds character. Like when you raise a family, you know, telling your you know when you have kids, basically you have kids so that they can go scrape your windshield and you can stay in your warm house <laughs> you know, while they're freezing their ass off. Grab outside. the groceries. Yeah. 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 But I mean, I, I, I love Austin. It's an incredible city. It, it's uh, there's so much going on here. The food is is out of this world. I mean it's it's insane like some of the best food i've had in 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 the world it's literally here in austin and um the people here are really you know great too it's it's a big fast-growing city so um i if i had to choose if i had to choose two of them it would be probably minnesota no disrespect to lincoln probably minnesota and and austin um and you know what i live in austin right now so i guess i'm choosing austin (laughs) all right that's where i'm at it's a great spot yeah. And Lincoln was great for college. Great college. Spot. It was. Yeah. Lincoln was great. was great for college. Definitely um, a really cool spot. And then they're growing a lot too. It's changing a lot. Totally. Not, that, not, a, um, not a place I wanted to live after school. <laughs> so for part of our back, a lot of times we back it because we think it might, it's like a buy low, sell high. It's like something we think that might blow up. So Lincoln might be a good city to back because it's on the it's on the up right yeah i mean it's growing a lot they have uh you know that was a really positive way to spend that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, i'm just trying to think of it as it as if like it is kind of taken off i mean they definitely have upgraded a lot i know um when yeah. i was like visiting there yeah it's 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 changing a lot the city's changing a lot um i think the remote work thing too i mean they have you know, um, really low cost of living and a lot of investment coming into the area. And, and I have a lot of love for that city. I mean, that city, you know, did a lot for, for me when I was there. So um, nothing but love to Lincoln, but, uh, but yeah, man, it's Austin not, it's not Austin. It's not Austin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They don't know. No way. They don't have Austin city limits, you know? So. Exactly. All right. Yeah. So our last one kind of sticking to the uh, little culture theme here. Uh, you might be surprised. I know this, but I remember this. Uh, so we have Runza versus Whataburger. Oh man! Okay, so Runza. You can explain is, Runza. Yeah, this, this was yeah. the talk of the town when I visited, and I'm yeah. shocked I even remember. And I have this. no idea what it is. I yeah, I, I don't even know what it is either. But I just know <laughs> that it's similar enough to a Whataburger. So Runza is a fast food joint that's only in Nebraska. Um, mm-hmm. I I I. I don't think they they literally have a franchise outside of nebraska yeah and it is a essentially like a hot pocket but they're like big like they're like thick hot pockets and yeah they have they have a mixture of like ground beef and they have different flavors so they have like a barbecue one that has like barbecue and bacon and cheddar in it they have um mm. and they're like thick and doughy like you know they're like that big right and so um it's like the size of like a large hot pocket, like a burrito almost, but it's like a hot pocket consistency. Um, so dough on the outside on the inside of it. And then they also have like burgers and shakes and stuff. So you want to talk about a brand that has an awesome brand. Look at Runza um, for real, like go on their social media, look what they did. They um, Gabrielle union is um, you guys know who Gabrielle union is. Uh, she's, you know, a re- really famous person. Um, who also is, I believe, was dating Dwayne Wade, who's a huge Nebraska fan, or married to Dwayne Wade, who's a huge Nebraska fan. They oh, wow. sent her, they sent her, she was on, she was in the movie, uh, I think, Bring It On, the cheerleading movie, right? And okay. they sent her a Runza cheerleading outfit for her kids to try on, and it, like, blew up on social media. And oh, that's, genius. like, a small Nebraska franchise, fast food yeah. franchise that, like, did it. And I know the person that, that coordinated that, so I went to school with her, and she's a badass, but... Wow. Um, but, but anyways, love Runza. Whataburger is, is cool, but I just don't have that nostalgia. Like I didn't eat it in college or anything. I came, when I came down to Austin, it's a fast food joint, Austin burger place. Great, great burgers, you know, for a fast food place, but I, I, I got to choose Runza. I got to choose Runza. Wow. All, right. all right. Yeah. What if, what if we threw Casey's in that conversation? Does that change it at all? <laughs> Casey's breakfast pizza is 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 amazing, but I think Runza's got more variety, so I got I got to okay. stick with that. Is um, Runza open yeah. late? Like, do people go there after night? 
no it's a family establishment oh is it really they they try to like avoid well i'm saying like they try to i think try to avoid being open too late they're (laughs) they're open they're open to like they're open to like you know like probably 10 o'clock or something but they uh they serve them at like the football games and stuff too it's 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 cool and nebraska football you know is a big deal so yeah oh wow go check out check out their like their their brand though they have a they have an awesome brand for like a, a smaller smaller uh fast food chain in america yeah We'll have to yeah, Jack. retweet some stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Jack. Yeah. I thought I thought it sounded a lot like Fat Sandwich down at U of I, but yeah, Fat Sandwich embodies it's a it's a sandwich, if you can even call it that, shop oh. in uh, Champagne Urbana where it closed though. Oh, did it? <laughs> I think it closed a long time ago, but yeah, it was just like a sandwich that would just put like anything fried on the sandwich, like mod sticks, chicken tenders, cheese. Like in the same like, sandwich. In the same yeah. sandwich. It was definitely on, it was on multiple shows. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. I think I saw that on one of the shows. Yeah. Like, definitely. like Dino's Driving and Dives or whatever. But it like, closed. Probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's Damn, a problem, man. No, it's a little different. That place definitely embraces the 2 a.m. crowd for sure. Yeah. Totally. No, that's 100% what <laughs> it's it is. It's like was. only the 2 a.m. crowd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah. That, that's like you feel horrible the next morning after eating that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but Everyone I think needs that's, a spot like that. Yeah. yeah, definitely. But um, I think that does, uh, that about does it with, um, you know, all the questions that we kind of had and, um, you know, the backer smack segments that we had. So we'll definitely um, let you go in a bit. Um, this has been a blast talking to you. Um, I know, like I said earlier, we definitely want to have you back on. If you'll come back on as a recurring guest, first guest, yeah. recurring guest, <laughs> first and only. we'll have you on every Tuesday at 6 p.m. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll start putting out like four podcasts a week, honestly. Um, but That's before right. we go, yeah. we, we did want to hit you with uh, a final segment that I, I just came up called a uh, shameless plug shill, um, okay. where <laughs> as the name would suggest, we'll let you plug whatever you want, um, whether it's personal or it's like your socials or it's a random passion project. Um, you know, you can plug your Venmo if you want, uh, whatever <laughs> you want to talk about, you know, you have the floor, go for it. Yeah. Uh, well, my Venmo is Nolan Johnson 35. I guess I, that was a great idea. I didn't know that. <laughs> Again, breaking all kinds of rules here. Um, uh, no, I, uh, I, I just want to, yeah, I guess, I guess I'll, I'll plug anyone that wants to connect with me. You guys definitely can uh, all over, you know, LinkedIn, whatever. I don't really have a lot of, so I don't go on like Instagram a ton or like Facebook a ton or anything like that. I'm just, I'm just doing my own thing, but definitely check out grocery TV. Uh, we're doing a lot of interesting stuff in this space and, have a have a huge passion for the company it's it's also like not just a cool company that's evolving and changing what retail is going to look like in the next few years um they're also an incredible company to work for uh so uh love absolutely love working with with for them and the leadership is so solid so we're also going to be hiring a ton so we just raised our series b got some money in the bank uh we're going to be hiring a ton so check that out uh, again, grocerytv.com is, is a great place to learn more about our product. Also check out what openings we have available. So I guess that's my shameless plug and my Venmo. So there you go. <laughs> thanks so much, yeah. Nolan. Yeah. Thank thanks you so you much. Too. Yeah. You guys are awesome. Talk to you later.